Welcome to the Behind the Lids podcast. My name is Mandy Adams, and I have the privilege of leading the Behind the Lids Healing Collective here in Costa Mesa, California. Our podcast is an opportunity to share the wisdom of facilitators who hold space and bring healing at our studio, as well as experts and influencers we believe you should know about. Before we join our conversation for today, we'd love for you to hear about an upcoming event at Behind the Lids. We have some exciting news to share with you. Behind the Lids is now offering online classes, and we just announced the first four taught by Mana Dabokar, psychic medium, life coach, and former therapist. If you're curious about communicating with animals, discovering and developing your eight clairs, your intuitive senses, overcoming self-doubt and unleashing inner confidence, or learning how to interpret your dreams, head on over to behindthelids.com online. That's behindthelids.com slash online and learn more about our new online classes. Welcome to the Behind the Lids podcast. I'm your host, David Trotter, and today our guest is Drew Ali, a prolific artist with a passion for light, sound, and vibration. Not only is he an Ajna light therapist, Reiki practitioner, yoga teacher, DJ, and music producer, but Drew is the creator of Light Space, a technology-based pop-up installation which uses light, sound, and vibration to explore expanded states of consciousness. In today's conversation, Drew shares how he became interested in the healing power of light, sound, and vibration, how different frequencies of the Ajna light can help in a variety of ways, and why he is drawn to the stories of spiritual master St. Germain. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Drew Ali. Drew, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me, David. I just feel so grateful, and I'm so excited to be here. I love this. I've been wanting to have a a conversation with you uh, on a podcast for quite some time. And so today we're talking all about light and sound and the interaction of the two and some vibration as well, of course. How did you first become interested in how light and sound could help people? Like, take me back to when you started becoming interested in that. Well, um, I've been into sound pretty much my whole life, stemming back to my father being involved in different radio stations. And so I was pretty much born into music as a kid, going to different radio stations, collecting records, listening to full albums. Even as young as uh, four and five, I can remember having a turntable, and that process has never stopped. It's just been an ongoing path with sound. And you're actually a DJ, right? I've been DJing for about 30 years, so I think, I mean, somewhere at like maybe, I don't know, 12 years old or something like that, or 14, or somewhere in there. Amazing. And what was it? Obviously, you're around music with your dad. And at what point, like, did it like, oh, yeah, I want to start DJing like parties or events? Or how did that take place? You know what, that just emerged where it was just me seeing the power of sound. And my dad, one of the main things that he was involved with when it came to working with radio stations was the image producer for these different radio stations. And so his whole process was creating the vibe of the station. So like the voices that you'd hear in between the commercials leading into the music, like the sound effects. And so it was always about 
how to create some type of transformative experience through sound. Mm -hmm. And so that was just something just always embedded in me. Like mm -hmm. I just around it. And so I just naturally picked up on it and then just seeing all of the different people he was working with that were DJs on the radio station and just me collecting music. It was just something that I felt like I, it just flowed into me and I just naturally wanted to do that and just picked up on it right away. Mm -hmm. And then how did light come into it? The light aspect came into it in 2019. And so me and my partner, Evelyn, were doing this sound healing West Coast tour, which led all the way up to Washington. And we got to this festival called Samsara Fest. And uh, it was a weekend long festival. And there was this vendor area that had all these different vendors. And one of the vendors, uh, Joshua, a really great guy that we met up in uh, Washington, he had an Ajna light. And we knew nothing of it other than he had a really cool booth and he creates these really uh, huge tuning forks. And we were all in his booth talking about sound and somehow we saw the light and uh, Evelyn went under it first. And when she came out of the experience, she just told me, you have to to try this, like you're going to love it. And when I went under the light for the first time, it was just such a profound life-changing experience for me that I was instantly just um, so interested in what it was, how it worked. I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then for the people, So for people yeah. who aren't familiar with what an Ajna light is, maybe describe what it looks like and how does it work? So the Ajna light is a gold lamp and it emits different brainwave state frequencies through light. And so you lay under the lamp or you sit in front of it and you close your eyes and um, you, you normally have music. So headphones or music's just being played out of a speaker. And then the light begins and it just starts to shift through different brainwave state frequencies. And the light goes through your closed eyelids and then reflects your inner awareness. And so you have this really deep personal individualized experience and so it's reflecting your inner awareness and you're just perceiving things that are personal to you and it could be visions it could be uh, feelings it could be just some type of intuitive insight or just you know whatever experience is supposed to emerge at that moment and so for me it was a 10-minute experience the first time I went under the light now you said brain wave uh, it's it's emitting light that is somehow impacting your brain waves. It, talk to me uh, through the science of this. Like, how does this actually work? Yeah. So, if you take the lowest brainwave state, which is considered delta brainwave frequencies, so one to four hertz, are some of the slowest brainwave states that you can experience. And normally, you're experiencing those at night when you're in your deepest sleep. So it involves body restoration. And if you're experiencing that under the light, most likely it'll just instantly calm you down or you just may fall asleep under the light. And then if you go kind of in the middle pathway of these brainwave state frequencies, you're in a alpha or beta state, which are very conscious. And so those ones are more visual, 
they help you drop into your heart. It's more of a spiritual experience per se. And then if you take it all the way up to the higher ends, when you're in a gamma or lambda brainwave state frequency, those are all dealing with the mental. And so those are all ones that are helping you align the left and the right side of the brain. Um, it's just very mental. You feel it in the mind. So you may feel your brain tingling. And so all of these different aspects of light that are sent at different frequency rates are all going to provide a different experience for the person. Mm -hmm. And just for the listener, the light is not constant. It's actually flickering or flashing at different intervals in order to um, cause you to experience this. Um, when you went under it, you said you had a 10 minute experience. What was that experience like the very first time? What did you walk away with? I mean, I really felt like I was in a psychedelic experience and it was something that I just never thought you can experience completely sober and just laying down, putting headphones on and just letting these light frequencies, you know, flicker into your, your third eye or through your closed eyelids. And so for me, it was just so just enveloping. It brought me into this experience and I was seeing visuals of like, different skies and atmospheres. And it was just taking me through, you know, just maybe old memories were popping up. It was just for me, just so profound because I'm like the type person when it comes to music and anything I do is, is I'm really into transformative experiences and go into the depths of things. And so this is something that brought me to that, that state. And so, I mean, it really just blew my mind the first time I experienced it. And then what was just really bizarre, too, is the minute that I was done experiencing that, I like walked down this strip where there was vendors, and I happened to just right after that experience, I saw this guy and he had these vibroacoustic tables. And so like maybe five minutes after this experience, the next thing you know, like I just went over there and I was like, yeah, let me try these vibroacoustic tables. And then so the guy puts headphones on me. And then I have this other experience where now I'm laying on a vibroacoustic table. I feel like I'm in the sound. I'm having this experience. And during that, the first thought that came to my mind is that these need to be put together. These guys need to meet each other and they should be in the booth together where you're laying on the vibroacoustic table, the lights above you, you're in the sound. And so that was like the first thing that I thought of. And I actually mentioned it to those guys and I don't even think they like took it serious or they didn't do that. And in my mind, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to provide an experience where you're on a vibroacoustic table, you feel like you're in the sound and you're under the light and it's bringing you into these deep states within yourself. Yeah. I mean, the first time I experienced it, it, definitely put me into a deep, deep meditative place, experiencing both the vibration, the sound and the, and the light itself. Um, so powerful. Take me back to, you talked about music and how light kind of came together, but the part that I haven't heard from you is kind of a, a little bit about your own spiritual journey. You've said you wanted people to experience these transformational experiences through music and light. And we'll get to that in a minute, how you and Evelyn do that. Um, but walk me through a little bit of your own spiritual experience, because I know you're a deeply spiritual person. How has that kind of unfolded in your life? 
Well, I feel like for me, it's been like the yin and yang to my life's journey. And so the music was more, even though that was very spiritual to me, finding music at a young age, but it was, the process was more of a logical process in a sense. Like I saw this happening, you know, my father's into sound and I, you know, approached that almost as if I was like following a path because of my dad. So, and, you know, maybe deep down there's like imprints within, you know, my ancestral lineage, which I do have, um, you know, my grandfather was into music and, and on that side of the family, they're all from Sicily and they were all heavily into art. So deep down inside, you know, that's prop, there is probably some genetic um, connections there, but for the most part, that process was all me seeing it and logically learning it and just something that I love and that I followed. But on the spiritual side, it's been the complete opposite. It's almost been very abstract and it's been very unplanned. And there's been just numerous instances in my life where even as a young child, where I've experienced just, you know, things from paranormal experiences or you know a lot of times i've like walked on these um sacred lands and went into these psychedelic experiences completely sober or just several things that i really honestly weren't looking for any of it it just appeared on the path mm. and so i've almost felt like i'm walking in between you know the logic and the abstract and you know, really walking through that paradox of bringing them together. And I'm very fascinated with, you know, how sound and now light, how that can affect people and transform people's life, but also taking that abstract form of these spiritual experiences that I've experienced that just, just happened at will and how to fuse those together and go beyond just listening to sound or go beyond just, you know, the, the subtleties of light and really bringing this out so that people could have just more than just a, you know, a simple experience. And I mean, my whole goal is that I really hope that somebody could walk away fully transformed. Hmm. I know one of the images that is prominent at your studio, um, which is called the lighthouse in, uh, Southern California. People heard that in our intro that I read about you, um, is St. Germain and St. Germain seems to have some sort of deeper meaning, like the connection to him. Can you talk me through your connection with St. Germain? Yeah. And it's very, um, fascinating for me because, when I was born, my parents lived up in Shingletown, which is right next to Mount Shasta. And my dad was the um, school bus driver at that time for the kids at Mount Shasta School. And the whole story of St. Germain and the Ascended Masters, you know, it originates, you could go far back. There's stories that lead back to France and so on. But here in the States, and where it really emerged was these stories that happened in Mount Shasta in uh, the 20s and 30s. There was this uh, movement that got spurred because a fellow named Guy Ballard said that he saw St. Germain while he was hiking up in Mount Shasta. 
And the stories just got so big that it became this huge folklore in Mount Shasta. Mm. And so just growing up as a kid, like my dad would share these stories with me about these ascended masters and these beings that are inside the mountain of Mount Shasta. And so just as a kid, it was just, you know, these stories that I thought were so cool. And I would always have him, you know, tell me more about this. I just thought it was really awesome. And then, you know, I completely forgot about it. And then it wasn't until maybe 2017 or something like that, where I found myself um, and Evelyn was with me and another friend of mine, we took a trip up to Mount Shasta and we visited the, um, this temple called the I am temple. And it was almost like a reintroduction to the whole folklore being back in Mount Shasta but this time it was just different. It, you know, it brought me kind of back to that, those stories as a kid. And um, I don't know, it just reintroduced me back into that whole, all those mystical stories. And and then, you know, we started to visit more of these I am temples because, you know, we just got really fascinated. And um, a lot of the temples, you know, maybe they were excited that we were excited about all the stories and wanted to know more. And so right. they get with a bunch of pictures and things to bring to our community here. And so, I don't know, it's just one of those things that were, you know, it was with me as a child and then came back at a later age. And and another thing that um, is a little bit parallel with finding the light is that these uh, stories about the Ascended Masters and St. Germain are all about bringing light to the planet and helping humanity through light. And so there was a point when I first got into the light therapy that I just, you know, maybe for the first year, just went down the rabbit hole of collecting as many used books, going online, just whatever I can find about the history of light therapy, which Mm. you can really only go back, you know, with the technology aspect, you know, the last hundred years plus, where it's, you know, very similar to things like the Ajna light that people were doing back then. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, I wanted to take it deeper and then start to study about light from the abstract um, point of view, which are about a lot of these stories and these, you know, ascended masters and things that you can't prove, you know, for all they really are just stories or um, just different ways to describe the emergence of light but again i just find it so fascinating and i like to learn about the logic aspects of thing but of things but also the abstract concepts as well mhm uh saint germain so do you have much of a knowledge of the history of saint germain at all that you could educate us on well the stories with saint germain is that he is here to basically help people come back to their original essence, which is the mighty I am presence within each individual. And so his archetype is basically to come here and through light to help people burn away the human personality. And it's really that we have, you know, our body, which is the design, which is the life. And so if we just trust our body and trust the life, that will lead us to the perfection of our life. Or you could say, allow us to see 
the full blessings or the full potential of why we're here on the planet. And then we also have the personality part of us. So we're like a dualistic uh, being. And so the personality part of us is who we think we are. And a lot of that is in the mind. And so St. Germain's whole archetype is to uh, burn away the discord or the things that are that we're feeding our personality, which takes us away from the harmony of our body and the harmony of our life, which is where that mighty I am presence dwells. And if we could remove that personality, who we think we are, and reunite with that mighty I am presence within us, then that source will then pour its perfection into our personality and will lead the way rather than our personality, which is imperfect, trying to lead the way. And it's just bringing us to these states and experiences that we find ourselves not wanting to be in. And so that's a little bit about his archetype and what he's here, at least in the stories, to bring forth to humanity. Mm -hmm. How do you personally live that out? Well, you talked about the mighty I am presence and wanting that to then bring, I guess, uh, the power or wholeness into your personality in order to allow the I am presence to lead the way rather than the personality. How do you personally kind of leave, live that out in your own life? Well, that is, I mean, at least in my experience is an ongoing practice. And so it's something that you practice just like, you know, a yoga practice that you're trying to put the body into these specific forms or a meditation practice where you're trying to reach these states of stillness. And so it's something that's an ongoing process that you're always involved in as long as you're tied into that. And so for me, again, it comes back to the abstract form or concept of this and the logical concept. And in my life, the abstract part of this is the Ajna light. It is the light work because there really isn't anything logic in, involved with ex that experience because mm -hmm. you're literally just surrendering to the light. And through that process, at least what I found is that it's actually over time. And the, you know, I've gone under the light, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. And after going under so many times, what I found that it's done to me and this is all unintentional and I had no idea this was going to happen, but it's actually helped me decondition myself and start to um, come out of these programs that I didn't even know were conditioning me and were keeping me from my true self. And so it's what I found is it's just going under the light. It's bringing this sensitivity to me. And the more times I go under the light, now I find myself more sensitive to where I'm able to now recognize what frequencies I'm experiencing under the light. And so mm. the first time I went under the light, to me, it was just, I'm just being showered by light mm -hmm. or many, many frequencies. But at that point, I couldn't tell you what frequency was which, mm -hmm. but I'm at, I'm at the point now where like I've done it enough where I instantly know which frequency I'm experiencing the moment that the light changes. And so in that sensitivity, 
And this is all unknowingly that now when I'm like navigating through life, I'm just more sensitive to these things that are that are frequencies coming at me, whether they're certain sounds, personalities. And now I'm picking them up quicker. And maybe before I would just fall into that conditioning where I wouldn't even know that something was taking me from my true self for you know this other person's benefit. But now with this sensitivity level, I actually do feel that I'm um, able to say no to things or know when I'm being pulled into an experience that isn't right for me. And so that just naturally, you know, just happened on the abstract sense. And then on the logical side, um, at least for the last year, I've just been really heavily studying and just immersing myself in human design, which is the logical approach of how you decondition yourself, where it's more of, you know, you knowing what you're doing, or there's actually a path laid out. And so now, at least at this moment in time, I'm finding myself utilizing both of those aspects. So the Ajna light on the abstract side of deconditioning myself to help me um, go within and, and connect with that I am presence, which is my true self, and then also using the human design system as a roadmap that I can logically look at as well and use both of those aspects to help me on this guidance back to reunite with my my mighty I am presence. Mm. You know, the phrase that keeps coming to my mind is um, walking in the light. Uh, this biblical reference of walking in light versus walking in darkness. And, you know, just thinking about how you're utilizing the Ajna light to create a greater level of sensitivity to your being of what's going on around you and the conditioning. It's like, man, you're like literally walking in the light, you know? Oh, yeah. And it, it, it really does illuminate things that you may be not even aware of that you're hiding from or things that you do want to uncover, but you don't know how to see it in a way that isn't going to bring up any traumas or, um, you know, just you want a safe container to be able to, to walk in, you know, walk through the shadows, but walk in light. And so that was another powerful thing that, you know, that, uh, that we've realized is that, you, you hear all of these things about shadow work and people going to the shadows, but really, at least, and this is just, you know, my perspective of, you know, doing a lot of these Ajna light sessions is that you really don't actually need to go to the shadows to find the light. You can actually go directly to the light because what I feel what happens is that when you go into the shadows, that phrase you hear a lot, you're going to go so deep deep down into this rabbit hole of darkness that what's actually happening is you get to a point where it's so dark you actually the light that you see was where you originally came from to begin with and so all it's doing is just sending you back to the light and so these practices why I like them so much is because you could just immediately illuminate yourself and you don't have to really revisit all these traumas or go through all these heavy modalities or practices to get to that light. And that's really the 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 core concept of 
working with the Ajna light is that one, it's light as a feather. And so you know you're in light when you don't feel heavy. And then two, light moves at the speed of light. So it works really fast. It's nothing that you have to like do for years and years and years. You can have a transformative experience in 10 minutes like I did your first time experiencing it. So it can happen immediately when you're working with light. Mm -hmm. I think all the experiences that I've had with the Ajna light or on the vibroacoustic bed and the Ajna light have all been about an hour in length. And during that hour, you know, I will then, you'll play the chimes as, you know, it's like to come back. And I'm not sure if I've been asleep or not. And, but then I go, I don't think I've been asleep though, but I've been in such a deep place that I was traveling so deep within and experiencing, um, not shadows necessarily, but just experiencing whatever it is that I needed in that moment. I know just, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I, um, came in for a session with you and I was feeling really ungrounded and I don't even remember the last time I felt ungrounded. I just was feeling so ungrounded in my life. And I just had this sense that, man, I need to get on that bed, on that table and go deep under that light. And, um, it really was so grounding to me. You know, at the end I felt it's so weird. It is a spiritual encounter. It really is. Um, now I have had several, um, psychedelic experiences that I think have given me access to a deeper place within me when I just meditate on my own and, or when I'm under the light, have you found personally that people, and I guess this is obviously, this is so subjective, but can you have that same type of psychedelic experience by just using the light, even if you've never had a um, plant medicine experience before? Yeah, and I actually feel like the people that have had those experiences are actually the people that have never had a psychedelic experience because they don't know what they're looking for. And so it just it happens. And when you hear those stories, what those people are explaining immediately after the session is exactly, you know, a psychedelic experience where they're just getting these really deep intuitive insights. Sometimes they say that they're seeing these beings come in and healing them with different colors or just meeting family members that have crossed over that are sending them some type of message of healing um, so yeah, it's normally the people that have never had a psychedelic experience because it seems like the people that have may already kind of, in a sense, know what they're looking for. And then when they're trying to find it in the experience, it doesn't happen. They're mm -hmm. almost blocking that experience from happening. But then again, there are some people though, that have had psychedelic experiences that do have it under the light because there is um there are these neural pathways in the brain that are created through light and so if you've had a psychedelic experience before that also creates this neural pathway which connects to a point of perception in the brain or you can even say outside of the body like in the light body where that point of perception is connecting to humanity or the world and so when our perception shifts and it creates this pathway in the brain 
And then we have this psychedelic experience through plant medicines. And when we return, that point of perception then shifts back to its normal state so that we could then meet humanity together and be able to communicate and be in the same uh, frame of reference. But then there are experiences when people go under the light and for whatever reason, in a sense, I kind of look at it as maybe the light's working as some type of WD-40 in that <laughs> neuroplasticity. And it just, in a sense, like loosens up that point of perception and it sends it right back. And then some people have um, said that that when they went into the session, it was almost a continuation of their last plant medicine experience as if it just, in a sense, sent them back you know, through that pathway and they were able to, to return back to that state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's WD 40 for me, for sure. Yeah. Where after a few minutes, you know, cause I don't do it that often that I'm going, okay, I've got light flashing in my eyes. Okay. This is interesting. Okay. It's oh, what's happening. You know, it's like all the questions that are going through your head, trying to make meaning of it. Oh, the table's vibrating. The sound, is it loud enough? Is it not to, you know what I mean? And then once I settle in, whoa now i'm going to a deep place really fast whoa whoa what am i thinking about whoa you know? <laughs> yeah you know, so yeah it is it is uh uh definitely some wd-40 to get you going fast um hmm so would you recommend or not recommend people who have this experience with the that come in for an ajnalite experience whether and i know you do group experiences like sound baths with the ajnalite playing in the you know flashing in the room or personal one-on-one experiences um, do you recommend or not recommend someone having um, plant medicine in their system while they have the experience with the Ajna light? I mean, that I leave up to the individual. I mean, I really don't want to say what to do or what not to do other than if somebody is epileptic or have epilepsy in the family. And obviously anybody that's prone to epilepsy um, shouldn't be under flickering light because it could cause an ep epileptic seizure. Or if somebody is on um, antipsychotic meditation, where, for instance, a lot of these antipsychotic medications are blocking a certain brainwave state, that at least the doctors that prescribed them this medicine believe that, you know, maybe it's a beta brainwave state that they feel is causing these. Uh, behaviors and by prescribing them this medicine, it's going to block the beta waves. And then that person will be able to behave, you know, not psychotic. And then if the person went under the Ajna light and a beta brainwave frequency happened to flicker, that could just, in a sense, bypass the medication. And then, you know, it is possible that the person could have a psychotic episode, which those two things I've never personally witnessed. Um, and I've seen thousands of people go under the light. And so, you know, luckily I've never had to witness anything like that, but those are the two main precautions when it comes to plant medicines. I mean, that's solely up to the person. Me personally, I always say that it's best to, you know, to experience this with just the light. And there's just something about, you know, going into this just in your pure state and being able to 
have this experience without any necessary help because you really don't need to because it's already putting you into that state and it's already such a powerful modality that I just feel like it's best to be experienced just you and the light and not have anything else interfere with it. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I don't want to be, a you know, a, a, to each their own. And, you know, these things are individualized experiences. And so not one person ever has the same experience. If it's in a group session with 10 people, each person's going to have a different experience. And then every time you uh, go under the Ajna light, it's a completely different experience. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll leave that up to the, uh, the light travelers themselves, but definitely you, you don't need anything. It's, it's powerful enough on its own. Mm-hmm. I know there are other lights on the market, um, that do a variety of different things. Another one of the lights that you have there at, um, at the lighthouse is called the pyrolite that comes in a pad, a mask and a nasal laser. Um, Talk me through why do you why did you adopt the pyrolite as another technology and how is that different than the Ajna light? Well, the pyrolite is also um, cre- it was created by the same creator of the Ajna light, which is a fellow named Guy Harriman. Who he's just an amazing friend. We love him so much. He's you know in our eyes a visionary that's helping to bring these light technologies onto the planet to help humanity heal and to explore their consciousness. And so the first thing he created was the Ajna light. And his whole background is really fascinating because he grew up in a family of doctors. He studied the body growing up. Um, He ended up dropping out of med school after having a psychedelic experience and then got guided to build synthesizers. Then he went into programming and then started to work for Steve Jobs um, as a parallel processor and helping Steve Jobs on a bunch of different um, projects that they were working on together. And then after that, he ended up becoming a monk, um, a yogi. He retired in Thailand and has just been dedicating his life at his yoga center there, Lana Yoga, creating these technologies and um, helping people with nutrition. And so the first thing that he created was the Ajna light in 2014. And then later on, a couple years later, he received a download to then create the pyrolite. And the difference between the two, they're both intentional light technologies. The Ajna light, you could say, is more for the mind, even though it does in so many ways, connect you to the body and um, help the body. But its main function is entering through the closed eyelids and changing the brainwave state in the mental, which then the effects are felt in the body, as opposed to the pyrolite is mainly meant for the body. So the pad is placed on the body, but then the additional components like the pyra eyes mask and the nasal laser are added and hooked into the pyrolite which you can use then to stimulate the mental and so they're almost like a brother and sister one you know mainly entering through the mind 
but also helping the body. And then the other one is mainly for the body, but also can help the mind. Mm -hmm. And what then intervals does the pyrolite uh, function or flash? Like what, how is that working? Yeah. So the Ajna light you could say is like very full spectrum. And so that Mm -hmm. one, you can go down to the lowest brainwave state frequency, which is one hertz delta. And then the light will let you go all the way up to 300 hertz lambda and anywhere in between. And so when it comes to the Ajna light, I would say that would be more for professional use where somebody's coming in with an intention and now you want to create a specific light journey with these intentional frequencies that will match or mirror the person's intention. Mm-hmm. And so you have a very wide range of frequencies to work with. And the pyrolite is more user-friendly. It's it's something that is plug and play. Okay. And it's not as it's not as big as the Ajna light. It's something you could like carry around with you and just plug it in real fast. Mm-hmm. And that that one is utilizing three frequencies at the same time. And so he picked the most beneficial frequencies, which when you're dealing with light, there's three ranges you're dealing in. One would be the subconscious range, which is delta and theta. And that's dealing with all the subconscious aspects of the mind. And then you're also working with the second aspect, which is alpha and beta, which are all conscious aspects of the mind. And then the top two uh, frequency ranges are gamma and lambda, which are all mental uh, frequencies. And so he picked the um, main frequency in those three bands. And so he picked picked two hertz delta, and that's for harmonizing the body. And that's just really good for um, any pain relief relaxing the body, helping your mood. He also picked eight hertz, which is right in between um, theta and alpha, which is a very heart-based or spiritual type frequency, which in a sense, the Schumann resonance is right under eight hertz. And so it's aligning you with, you could say, the heartbeat of the earth. It's a very visual or very heart-based frequency. And then he also included the 40 Hertz, which is in the mental, which is a gamma frequency to help align the left and the right side of the brain. Mm -hmm. And so he's using these three that are pulsing at the very same time. And so when you experience some of the attachments that go onto the pyrolite, which are for the visual aspects. So if you're wearing the glasses or the mask or using the nasal laser, you're just getting this, those three frequencies pulsed over and over. Mm -hmm. So unlike the Ajna light where it's going through all these different brainwave state frequencies, which could be anywhere between one to 300 Hertz and it's changing, which is, giving you these different experiences every couple seconds, the pyrolite is more of just this, this steady pulse. And so it's just very, in most senses, just very relaxing. And it just, it just feels really harmonious to the body and to the mind. 
Mm-hmm. And just so uh, listeners know, the cost on these is is pretty substantial. I mean, the pyrolite, I believe, is you know over. I'm sorry, the osnolite is over. I think six thousand dollars at the time of this recording, and the pyrolite with the different attachments is probably around twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars. Um, so these are definitely an investment, um, but they're an incredible tool that I have personally experienced and love and enjoy. And Drew, you are not only providing this as a uh, a modality for people to come and experience at the lighthouse in uh, Newport Beach on Balboa Island individually and in groups through the sound baths, but you're also beginning to train people on how to utilize the Ajnalite. Is this correct? Yes. And we're actually doing the first training that will be hosted here at the lighthouse next month, uh, February 18th and 19th in person. And it's going to be the first ever Ajnalite and Pyrolite practitioner training for anybody that wants to really step up that feels called to working with light because you hear these terms about being a light worker and then you know what is it really mean to work with light because you know you could work with light in the sense of thoughts or you know thinking good thoughts and bringing that into your life but then what is it working with the actual form of light and so these are modalities that you're actually bringing light to form and and it's more than just like a thought or like an invisible practice it's something you actually immerse yourself in and experience and and it's very transformative and so this training this first one and this will be the first of many to come are really um in the name of it's the call to light and so this is just calling out to anybody out there that really feels drawn to working with light and not only working with light, but people that feel called to working with transformative modalities that that really just are transformational in people's lives. And the whole training is going to go over um, just all the functions of just light therapy in general so that you could get just the basics of, you know, how light could work in your life. It's going to go over all of the applications and ways that you can provide sessions for people. And it's also going to provide you with the actual light technologies in the training. And it will be very hands-on. Everybody will have their light modalities with them. And not only learn about the lights, but everybody will also attune themselves to all these different frequencies. Because one thing is to you know know these frequencies, like in the pyrolite. You know, you hear it's two hertz, eight hertz, and 40 hertz. But then the question is, like, what does that mean? Like, what does that feel like? What is two hertz? And so we're going to also use the Ajna light in these trainings to then allow everybody to immerse in these different frequencies so that not only are you going to learn about them, but you'll actually feel them and attune to these frequencies and know exactly what they feel like to you and, and how they shift your mind. All right. So if people want to learn more about not only the training, but the lighthouse and all the things that you guys offer there, what's the best place for them to reach out and connect with you? So the best place to reach out would be thelighthouse.com. And that's uh, three eyes in light. So T-H-E-L-I-I-I-G-H-T house.com. 
And then to learn more about the training would be at lightspace.com, which also has three I's in light. So L-I-I-I-G-H-T space.com. Awesome. And we'll put those links as well as the Instagram accounts in the show notes. So if you're listening on your phone, you can swipe up and click on those now. So Drew, uh, so great to hear your heart to help people and infuse sound and vibration and light together. Really appreciate you sharing your experiences and wisdom with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, David. It's such a pleasure. And I always love chatting with you and just my heart just fills up every time I see you, brother. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today and we invite you to share this episode with someone who would enjoy it as well. Take a screenshot, text it to them, and tell them to check out BehindTheLidsPodcast.com. Also, we encourage you to rate and review the show on the podcast platform where you are listening. We'll see you next time, Behind the Lids.